His question is, uh, can I explain Aham Brahmasmi? One of the foremost sentences in Vedas, in Upanishads. One of the core teachings of our Vedic texts. What does it mean, Aham Brahmasmi? And he is asking this gentleman, what is its application in real life? Brahmasmi is not something you can apply. It's something that you realize. This notion, aham, means I or me. Brahmasmi means I am that. That I am Brahm. I am who I pray to. I am that God. I am that divine. That there is absolutely no difference between him and I. I am that essence that Vedas talk about. Its realization is not an instantaneous thing either. See, the concept of instant realization is predominantly propounded by Zen philosophy, the Zen way of life. Vedic way does not believe in anything called instant. It says nothing is instant. You will go through your whole cycle. In fact, Vedas don't even recommend sannyasa, renunciation at, in a youthful age. They recommend that you go through the four stages of your life. You go through period of brahmacharya when you are single and hopefully celibate. And then you go through your marriage. Then husband and wife will lead a life of, uh, you know, together, but they will immerse themselves in just not worldly pursuits, but just spiritual activities. And then one day, even that, they will take a leave from each other because it's very unlikely that both or two people, partners, will die at the same moment or on the same day. In any case, there is going to be a period of separation always there. So Aham Brahmasmi says that, I am that. If I am that, that who, then who in me is hurt or disturbed when people call me things or tell me things or say things to me or do things to me that are undesirable? If you truly realize this, that I am that, then you will feel less and less disturbed. But often what happens, this realization only is limited to intellect. Everybody gets it, spiritually or, or textually speaking, from uh, intellectually speaking, yes, we are that, we are God, we are made up of God. But we know how little it takes to set us off. Somebody just, forget talking, somebody looks at you a certain way and you say, how dare he or how dare she. And then you forget all about Aham Brahmasmi. You say, I am Brahmasmi, but he is not. <laughs> I am Brahm, but he is not. To him, I am going to teach a lesson right away. This moment of forgetfulness is at the root of our suffering. Aham Brahmasmi is, is 
a way of life so that you are able to see God in everybody and everything, not just based on your convenience, but as a matter of a life principle, goal. And constant reflection on Aham Brahmasmi leads to a certain type of Samadhi called Gyan Samadhi. A Samadhi you have arrived at out of sheer force of your wisdom and understanding. Raman Maharishi used to be in Gyan Samadhi because he would constantly reflect on who am I? I am not that. I am not the body. I am not the mind. I am not the soul. I am not a man. I am not a woman. I am not a mother. I am not a father. These are all just labels assigned to me. I play these roles, but I am something beyond this. I am something more than this. Therefore, I am that. Maybe I am all these things, but I am also the divine soul. I am also the mountain in front of me. I am a little plant. I am the dog outside. I am everything. So that realization leads you to uh, greater peace and bliss. There was a time when I was in the Himalayan woods that sometimes I would step out. My rotation of 10 hours, stretch of 10 hours or 7 hours would shift because I wanted to train my mind for that intense samadhi at all times of the day. So if for one month I meditated from 2 a.m. till 12 p.m., then the next month I might have meditated from 7 p.m. onwards throughout the night. And I might step out at 12 p.m. or, or 11 a.m. Sometimes I would step out. Those were the days of extreme, intense meditation. And I would see this giant mountain in front of me. And I would start to look at that mountain and within a few seconds it would happen that the mountain would start to disappear for me. And it was just a magnificent thing. I can't really put more words around it. The mountain would just would disappear. I, I would feel I'm moving. I would be standing perfectly on the ground, but I would feel I'm, I'm moving and the mountain is moving towards me and it's just merging in me. And then another layer of mountains, uh, like a basin it was, is also merging in me. Another mountain after that is just coming. And then get too much because everything is merging in you. And then I would shift my gaze and I would uh, turn around or I would uh, try to go back to my hut, which would then become a bit of a challenge because now the ground is merging in you, the grass is merging in you, the trees are merging in you. That was my first real encounter of Aham Brahmasmi, not as a concept, but as something very tangible that my mind could understand, my heart could feel, my body could experience, and my breath could intake. That we truly are not just that, we are just that. 
that truly there is this extraordinary oneness that operates in this world and without that oneness nothing would exist there was this farmer used to have large corn field this farmer used to sow corn seeds but he also had this uh, tradition of distributing seeds to his neighboring farmers free of cost and this puzzled some people that why would you go around uh, charity you know doing charity like this giving seeds away for free to other farmers he said it's very simple the quality of my crop depends a great deal on the quality of the crop of the farmers around my field when birds move when butterflies move when bees move they are taking the pollen from the neighboring fields and and dropping it in mine if they have inferior quality of produce then my produce will also be of inferior quality that pretty much is the basis of aham brahmasmi that when i think that if i am just if just i am happy that's all that matters that sheer ignorance it is impossible to be happy without considering the happiness of other people